The following program is brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment. Welcome to an hour of delicious conversation with Chef Jamie Gwynn. Dish with celebrity chefs, cookbook authors, and food experts, and gain inspirational ideas. You'll learn kitchen wisdom, wine education, and culinary trends, and eat and drink like you've never done before. Food and Wine with Chef Jamie Gwynn starts now. Teaching you all the right moves from our kitchens to yours. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio. A very good morning to you, Southern California. You're listening to KFWB News Talk 980. And we are dedicated to great taste for the next full hour. We're constantly traveling the globe in search of the next big thing in food. And we sift through ingredients, food news, and pop culture to bring you emerging cuisines, culinary trends, and great culinary thinkers. So sit down, grab another cup of coffee, open your mind, and expand your palate. Tune in every Sunday, whether you're driving or gardening or cooking. We'd love to have you here in our radios to gain delicious knowledge on the wonderful world of food. I am Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana, and we're always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com, C-H-E-F-J-A-M-I-E.com, and on Facebook and Twitter at Chef Jamie Gwen. Oh, be still my hungry heart. Valentine's Day Mm. is just five days away. And I thought we would kick it off This morning um, by not only celebrating the winter season, I mean, hearty soups and stews and chilies. And in fact, at the end of the hour, we're going to talk about slow cooker dishes, which Mm -hmm. is actually uh, perfect for just about any holiday, whether you're serving two or 20. We have lots of inspiring ideas. But to celebrate Valentine's Day, we have amazing recipes and some decadent chocolate desserts to share and some sexy dishes and many more romantic ideas. So, uh, Lana, will you kick it off with breakfast in bed? Well, nothing says romance like breakfast in bed. That's true. And we could start off with a whole chocolate uh, group of recipes. I love that. Uh, I'm all for anything chocolate. uh, Start with some uh, chocolate coffee. Oh, that's perfect. There we go. Okay, so whether you drop a chunk of bittersweet chocolate into your coffee before you pour in the brew or even into the espresso cup before you put, you know, set the machine. Chocolate syrup. Chocolate syrup, chocolate powder, um, cocoa powder, even maybe a dusting on the rim like you would a martini glass, but a coffee cup instead always Mm -hmm. jazzes up and adds a little elegance. Mm -hmm. And uh, just be sure to top it with whipped cream. Yeah, of lots course. of it. Lots of good And some ideas chocolate there. syrup on top of that. And then how about some chocolate stuffed French toast? I love that idea. Valentine's Day falling on a Friday might mean that the weekend is cause for celebration. Saturday morning breakfast. Right, exactly. I love the idea of a stuffed French toast, anything cream cheese, fresh mm. fruit, your favorite jam, a chunk of chocolate, uh, all good. And then also some white covered, white chocolate covered berries. Nice. That will be wonderful as part of that. And also then a chocolate pastry for dessert. Perfect. Now, one thing I do believe the cornerstone of a good a good breakfast or brunch is a quiche. Mm-hmm. And I think this year should it should be an easy kale quiche. Because uh, kale is king. We know mm-hmm. that. And the superfood continues in its uh, living legacy, as I like to call it. So I like the idea of kale, um, especially coming up. In fact, we're going to be talking about winter produce in the weeks to come. And um, lollipop kale is the newest, hottest item from Melissa's. And you're seeing it everywhere. But it's 
a baby kale. It's crossed with a Brussels sprout. It has a very tender, toothsome bite, and it would actually be perfect quickly sauteed and thrown into a, a quiche, thrown into a frittata, mixed in uh, to the toppings or the mixings of, for your favorite omelet as mm-hmm. well. It adds color. It adds nutrients. It adds texture, all the good things that we love. Well, there's so many other good things as well, some maple oatmeal, mm, um, some spicy hash browns and scrambled eggs. Oh, I, I have a sweetheart who would like that. Yes. Yeah. Most definitely. The spicy so. hash brown part for sure. And and uh, make some waffles uh, and make it into a sandwich with some hash on it and eggs. Oh, I love the idea of a breakfast sandwich mm-hmm. of any kind. And you can, oh, definitely. Have it a biscuit. Uh, uh, elevate make chive biscuits with, with some Canadian bacon and a fried egg. Well, where's mine? Oh, it's coming up soon. I was going to say, you're teasing breakfast, but it, there's none here in the studio. I have some um, Valentine's Day ideas uh, as to how to romanticize your holiday no matter what meal. And we'll segue from breakfast into lunch or we could go brunch, lunch, and then into dinner. I have lots of red ideas as well. But as far as Valentine's Day is concerned, I think presentation is often so impactful. And this really applies to any meal, any holiday, any celebration. But I have some ideas that will allow you to really dress up your Valentine's Day. Um, If you didn't know, whole chicken breasts, when you buy a boneless, skinless chicken breast, it's actually a half. But whole chicken breasts um, are actually the shape of a heart. So ask your butcher for a whole chicken breast and plan to serve two. Or use heart-shaped cookie cutters. Take them out from your uh, pantry and set them on the counter and use them for everything from Friday through the weekend. Whether you're cutting out toast in the morning for the kids, whether you're making heart-shaped croutons, whether you want to cut out your brownies in a heart shape. Um, I also use uh, everything red and white for Valentine's Day. So I look at all my veggies and I figure jicama and red bell pepper are going to find their way somewhere onto my (laughs) Valentine's Day menu. And then ladies, if you don't know my kiss the plate trick, then listen here because I think it's one of the most absolutely romantic secrets I have. And I've shared it on television for many years and it never gets old. Go to your makeup drawer and pull out the brightest red, most beautiful cherry colored lipstick that you have. And then of course, uh, put it on your lips so that you have red lipstick stained lips and then take a large dinner plate that has a rim preferably white and kiss every two inches with your red lips all the way around the rim of the plate and you will have what I call kiss the plate Uh, and then of course serve on that plate for Valentine's Day and you have some really sexy Mm. presentation ideas for the kids you could do mini pizzas and heart shapes Uh, you can consider aphrodisiac foods of course perfect for Valentine's Day one of which by the way is the weekly dish this week posted at chefjamie.com I did a pan fried oyster Craig loves oysters um, with a salsa verde so adding a little bit of heat and fabulous flavor the oyster is an aphrodisiac and green taco sauce my preference from La Victoria combined with some cilantro lime juice and honey makes for a really bright beautiful finishing sauce over that fried rich oyster mm, and you get a lovely. little bit of heat and you know rock salt by the way is a great presentation whether it be for raw or fried oysters I always keep a box of raw salt rock salt in the pantry it has a beautiful shimmer to it you might consider using it even for appetizers or hors d'oeuvres if you're serving a valentine's day menu and there's a lot of red sugar around this year yes there is i noticed that too Um, as for valentine's day uh, i'm serving everything with your hands i mean i love that very sexy approach of feeding your valentine so i was going to do caesar salad but make a spicy caesar dressing and then put out the leaves of romaine like you do Lana, Mm -hmm. and then just feed him uh, 
And if you want to do croutons, you could do heart-shaped croutons. I was considering rack of lamb. There's something elegant and wonderful about it. And again, just holding the bones, it's it's handheld food. Mm-hmm. And then toasted pound cake hearts, store-bought or homemade. I always love when you toast pound cake or angel food cake. Mm-hmm. And I remember yeah. that as a child. All the sugar caramelizes in oh, a sauté pan. the taste is wonderful. It is. It's outrageous. We do it on the grill now, of mm-hmm. course, as well. But I was going to do uh, heart-shaped uh, cakes, like pound cake cutouts, mm. toasted with bananas foster. Oh, kids he loves love bananas. that, too. And the kids, too. Yes. It's an outrageous but dessert. Also, buy some fortune cookies and dip them in chocolate with the kids. Oh, that's fun. Oh, I love that. And you could dip them in fondue, too. Do you fondue? We oh. fondue. We mm. love fondue, from the classic cheese to the dolce de leche, caramel-inspired to chocolate peanut butter. I posted a bunch of fondue recipes on the website, in fact, a feature from one of our cookbooks from years past. I also posted chocolate fondue three ways for your sweetheart so that you could take one chocolate base and mix in three different liqueurs in three different bowls. Mm. So you have dessert and after-dinner drinks all in one. Oh, nice. Creme de menthe in one for minty flavor, frangelico for hazelnut, and then a, a orange-inspired, whether it's mm. Manier, Cointreau, or Triple Sec. Mm, there's nothing better than drinking liquid chocolate. It's true. And then you put out every yes. dipper you can imagine from, you know, pretzels to coconut macaroons to marshmallows to donut holes. Mm, and then you could always end as well with a love potion sorbet. Ooh, I love that. Yes. Sweet it, finish. Easy enough to What's put in together a love potion sorbet? Water and sugar put together with some ginger root and cardamom pods and then uh, let that cool and add some... Uh, Rose water, lemon juice, and champagne. You should share your recipe. That sounds beautiful. Isn't that nice? If you would like Lana's recipe, I'm Mm. giving it out now. For the love potion sorbet, (laughs) just email us. Uh, You could do that, by the way, for anything that you might need um, when it comes to culinary. And the email address directly is live, L-I-V-E, at chefjamie.com, L-I-V-E, at chefjamie.com. When it came to sweets for this year, I was doing everything red velvet. Oh, and by the way, it parlays back uh, to breakfast because I was thinking red velvet pancakes or red velvet sweets Mm. oh and then i'm posting on facebook today in fact check it out a very own chocolate ganache body scrub Mm. i thought that was perfect for valentine's day right and because everything came from the pantry brown sugar and cocoa powder and olive oil how perfect is that uh, so uh, we're taking it to a whole new level. It's lifestyle everything. <laughs> uh, and I love your cook with Lana recipe this week. Perfect for breakfast, lunch, or dinner, in fact. It's your croissant bread pudding, right? Oh, it's a sexy dessert. Yes, that it is. And it's delicious because it's so indulgent with buttery croissants. Mm-hmm. And I had some um, almond paste in the and to put in the middle of them. But you could nice. add a broken up chocolate as well or some caramel in the middle. That's perfect. And where are you going to buy all of these ingredients? Oh, you ask us? Well, I would love to share with you some new finds and some really terrific tips because it's time for the Smart and Final Pro Tip of the Week this morning. Speaking of Smart and Final, if you haven't been there lately, we have been back in the stores and Smart and Final Extra is, I will say, a whole new and extraordinary Smart and Final store. I'm a great fan of their products and services. I always have been. I shopped at their stores as a professional chef when I worked in professional kitchens. I always used their 
their products for regular home use. And we know how terrific Smart and Final is because their prices and their selection are unbeatable. You don't need a special card. You seldom stand in line. You can do all your shopping in one place. The people are friendly. The store is really bright and spacious. You get great selection and quality and prices. And if you haven't been to a Smart and Final store lately, you should really check it out. They've upgraded their stores and they have all these new upscale items like beautiful cheeses and a really impressive dairy. They have organic produce, the bulk paper goods you love, a beer and wine selection that's really impressive. So please check it out. And please note too that one of the things I love about Smart and Final is that they have signature brands, one of which is called La Romanella. And they actually import their Italian products from Italy. They're extra virgin olive oil, their balsamic vinegar. All of their pasta is available in so many different cuts and different sizes from one pound to five pound. They make beautiful La Romanella pasta sauces that actually come from California tomatoes. You can add to any pasta dish some really fabulous flavor. I believe when you use good quality Italian ingredients and Smart and Final is known for their La Romanella line of pasta, tomato products, and sauces. And they're on special right now. So really don't miss it. You'll want to check out the specials at Smart and Final at a store near you. Everything from La Romanella pasta sauce on sale from selected varieties of their organic pastas as well. And they have a frozen ravioli, a jumbo cheese that can't be beat. If you check out smartandfinal.com, I've actually posted a ravioli lasagna recipe with lots of new ingredients. And we hope you'll find a store near you and shop to your heart's content. But stay tuned because there's more fabulous food in your radio. Coming up, you won't want to miss Diane Worthington. She makes seriously simple recipes that are fabulous for Valentine's Day. Plus, he's our resident sommelier, the guru, Michael Jordan, with his Valentine's Day romantic wine picks. And executive chef Michael Rossi from the ranch restaurant in Anaheim is taking five. He has his best seasonal favorites to share. There's more fabulous food in your radio right after this, so please don't touch your dial. It's delicious. It's divine. It's food and wine. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio. We are loading your plate with ideas and recipes and tips that are easy to make and hard not to love. We love her simply sensational recipes, by the way. Simply the key word there. She is Diane Worthington, and we're always delighted when she graces this show with her presence. She is the California contemporary American food writer. She is also the author of 20 cookbooks, food and travel writer, nationally syndicated columnist and radio host as well. And she is our dear friend. She has joined us to dish on some upcoming holidays and reasons for feasting. We are all about recipes for romance for Valentine's Day, about cooking for a crowd for an Academy Awards potluck party, and warming winter meals that will keep you eating delicious every day. Diane joins us live, and once again, we are delighted. How are you, Diane? Welcome back. Hi. Well, it's always so much fun to talk food with you. Yes, we love when you come too. Okay, so wow us. Um, let's start off with Valentine's Day. How's that? Mm. Quickly approaching. Yes, it is. And, you know, part of the fun of Valentine's Day, first of all, it doesn't have to be with your loved one amour. I mean, you can do it with friends. You can do it with, obviously, if you have a... A, a significant other. That's correct. Right, yes. children. Mm-hmm. What I like to do is pick up lobsters 
and then we boil them, and you can just do it very simply. Be careful, Diane. Lana might come to your house for Valentine's <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll be, be there one time. Story. My <laughs> husband, who is a lawyer, not a cook, decided to surprise me, and he went somewhere and got a five-pound lobster that was alive, <gasps> oh. and it was walking around our kitchen, and our daughter at the time was very young, screamed, ran up the room, and said she was now a vegetarian. Oh, that's <laughs> very funny. Now, I will tell you, he has good taste. Oh, boy, does and he ever. I think that there's something mm. wonderful about lobster, as you mentioned, but also from a finger food perspective, I was planning on having Valentine's Day with Craig without any silverware this year. Oh, so my God. all the finger food that you can think mm-hmm. of adds that sort of air of romance. And like, Lana, lobster yeah, is perfect. But you just mentioned, I mean, you could do that in a really fun and whimsical way with your children, mm-hmm. too. Right, exactly. Can do it. But I think also, let's face it, oysters are one of the things that you would want to do as a finger food. Do you have any mm. great suggestions for that one, James? Oh, oysters as an aphrodisiac. Yes. Anna, you kick it off because I know you have a topping per se, right? Oh, I love my uh, frozen champagne mignonette. I do too. And oh my God, how do you make that? Oh. Okay, so a mignonette, for those that don't know, is usually an acid-based sauce that is spooned over oysters. It's usually a vinegar base. It has um, shallots and cracked pepper in its simplest form. But a mignonette has come a long way. You do yours with champagne, Lana, if Mm -hmm. I recall. And it's actually a take, Diane, on the fact that we started making what we call cocktail oysters a long time ago. You Mm -hmm. pick your favorite cocktail, like let's say a mojito. You shake it in the cocktail shaker. You put out oysters on the half shell and you pour the mojito (gasps) over the oysters. Mm -hmm. (laughs) <laughs> and now you have cocktail oysters. So Lana took it to a new level. She made a Whoa. mignonette with champagne mm. or sparkling wine. Right. And then if I recall. It? And then you <clears throat> freeze it and you can, it doesn't freeze solid, but you get almost like a granita. Right? Like an so ice. Yes, the crystals of ice. I am yes. trying that along with what I do, which is I get really good quality smoked salmon. And I nice. saute some shallots that are thinly sliced up. Until they become very crispy, and I put it on either a toasted baguette, anything that you mm. like, pumpernickel, and I do some creme fraiche with some fresh dill, and it is killer. Oh, nice. I love the wow. crispy shallot idea. That recipe, by the way, is in Seriously Simple Parties. It's Diane Worthington's one of 20 extraordinary <laughs> cookbooks, mm-hmm. recipes, menu, and advice for what is effortless entertaining. And we've posted an excerpted recipe, one of Diane's best, in fact, at chefjamie.com so that you can link through to find the Amazon page and add her cookbooks to your collection. That would be fun. I hope you do because (laughs) there's lots of fun stuff. You know, the other thing, if I'm not doing lobster, this is so great, especially if it's just two of your four of you is duck breath. Oh, I'm so glad oh. you mentioned it. Do you know um, one of the emerging trends uh, mm-hmm. that they that we're seeing that they're um, touting as a comeback trend is duck for 2014, which I, delights me, by the way. I'm mm. thrilled. Me too. Oh, me duck too. and duck I mean, confit. Don't you yes. love the fact that if you're doing duck breath, it's seriously simple compared to doing the whole duck with the fat and the you know, oh, and three of, days of marinating. Do you score the skin, Diane? That's really essential. Mm-hmm. Yes, very important. And you want to score the fat, but you don't want to get into the meat. Right. That's really important. And then you just kind of high heat saute it on both sides, and then you make your sauce. And you can use, you know, cherry. I always add port, a little stock. You can use frozen cherries. You could do an orange sauce. Mm, It's pretty easy to do. But I I really recommend for those of you who, you know, don't want to spend hours in the kitchen, 
to consider doing something with the duck breath. I'm it, glad it's you so mentioned It's so quick that. and easy. It is. It's it's seriously simple, mm-hmm. as yep. Diane says to quote her. And I think that it's one of those wow dishes. It's a culinary hero dish yeah. that everyone thinks you slaved over, you invested in, you put out this beautifully elegant dish, and it really is a simple saute. Mm-hmm. You can make it very easy on yourself by duck confit. Go to your nearest French restaurant. And buy some duck confit, sear it at a very high temperature, mm-hmm. and I made pickled raisins yes, she to did. go with it. So oh, this is a, said, oh, that sounds, oh it, my God. It a was whole so, twist on duck. It really was fabulous. It sounds Pickled fantastic. something yeah, with, with duck it. breast well, or we, duck confit. The duck confit, having been cooked in its own fat, takes on this wonderful richness. and wow, it does I have need, not done that. Oh, it's spectacular. Although I very much do agree with Lana's approach to buying it store-bought. I think there's nothing wrong with that simple store-bought approach. But it's a wonderful alternative to the duck breast idea. Take us from Valentine's Day, since we're short on time, and there are a lot of holidays, Diane. Take us to Academy Awards. Well, I do lots of simple things. I'll get crudite and and some dips. I'll do uh, warm and spicy mixed nuts that are so delicious. Mm, They're sweet and spicy at the same time. One thing that I've done that I love is I do a baked Greek pasta that's kind of a combo between a pasticcio and a moussaka mm. or a spicy mac and cheese with okay. caramelized leaves. Now mm. you're talking because we've made it the year of Diablo on this show, Diane. <laughs> Ooh. Everything spicy, baby, let me tell you. And I love the idea of a that crowd. goes with lobster as well. Yeah, the leftover yeah. lobster for the mac and cheese. But mm-hmm. I like the idea of the spicy mac and cheese with your caramelized leeks. And I mm. wonder what kind of heat source do you use? You can get the cheese. You get like a jalapeno jack. There we go. Mm. You can make it spicy. It just depends what your level of heat is. You know what I mean? Sure. Mm. And then we're, we're all and- experiencing a sriracha craze. And I will tell you, if you use a panko top or a breadcrumb topping, yes. You can actually mix in your favorite hot sauce or hot sauce paste into well, that's the exactly topping what I itself. Do, but I don't do that. I mean, I do a, a panko crust. So how fun would that be? To right. Kind of so you've got a it. sriracha crust. Whoa, I like love that, that a lot. That's going to make for that. spicy night, wow. don't you think? <laughs> I do love that. And then I make these cookies. They're shortbread with chocolate and candied walnuts. Oh. I mean, Valentine's Day, <gasps> Academy Awards, Perfect. doesn't matter. These are just a winner. I mean, I... Okay, wait, where's that recipe? Is that in, in your Simply... Yes. Is it's, that... in the, it's actually under Valentine's Day dinner. It's oh, dessert may, may we share that with everyone? Please That's... share it. It's so divine, and it is so seriously simple, <gasps> you can't even believe it. Oh, look at those. Oh, does that look yeah. good? And I hadn't gotten you... to page 200 on this trip through your cookbook. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh. What a great gift of food for Valentine's Day as well, Diane. Yeah. Cut the shortbread into fingers or even mm. small squares. Give it as a gift in a small candy bag. Lovely. Put it out. Cellophane. Sure. Right. So, bring it to so school. Cute. Bring it to work. That would be fabulous. Leave us with this. Your best winter warmer. We are still experiencing a chilly winter across the country. We're big on chili, big on soups in both of our homes. And I wonder what your best soul-quenching dish is. Lasagna cupcakes. Oh, <gasps> really? I put butternut squash and shredded short ribs that I had braised. Oh, and then I put it in wonton skins with a layer of bechamel and Parmigiano Reggiano and just kind of wrap them up and I bake them. It. 
just for the record, cup. that's I think everything works in a muffin pan. Oh my yeah. god, that's yes. my kind of cupcake. No doubt. Yeah, mm. really. Ooh, really. we could have a cupcake party, both savory and sweet. Do you want to come, Diane? I'm there. I'm okay, in. good. We love your opinions on home cooking. We really do. And we love that you are seriously simple and that the recipes are sensational. She is Diane Worthington of her 20 cookbook collection. You can find uh, most of them still available on Amazon.com. You'll find the excerpted recipe for those absolutely luscious shortbread posted at chefjamie.com with a direct link to get you to Diane as well. Learn more at dianeworthington.com and stay tuned because as the holidays approach, uh, we will invite Diane back to share her best. Uh, We wish you a delicious year, Diane, and we can't wait to catch up again soon. Thanks so much. Thank you. Great speaking to you. There's more fabulous food in your radio right after this. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana. Please don't go away. A bottle of red A bottle of white It all depends upon your appetite This is where knowledge and inspiration is served up every Sunday. We're sipping and savoring, and we're glad you're with us. Chef Jamie Gwen, along with Lana in your radio. Michael Jordan, the sommelier for the people, is back And he's here to offer his best picks for Valentine's Day sips. Plus, we're answering some of your email questions on the wonderful world of wine. If you didn't know, Michael Jordan is the director of Global Key Accounts for the Jackson family of fine wines and our longtime resident wine guru. He is my wine mentor and a gentleman we call one of our dearest friends. And we are so delighted when he joins us live. A very happy 2014, MJ. How are you? Oh, Chef Jimmy, I just couldn't be better, and thank you. <laughs> Happy 14 to you. And to yes, Lana. thank you. <laughs> Happy New Year. Okay, uh, we certainly, uh, for Valentine's Day, I have to say, must mention rosé champagne to kick off the conversation. Because if you can't talk about rosé on Valentine's Day, then really... When can you? I think there's something beautiful about romance and wine that come together and go hand in hand when it comes to Cupid's Day. So kick it off, if you would. This is the perfect holiday for bubbles, don't you think? Absolutely. When it comes to pink wine, yes, it's pretty to look at. It's delicious to taste. Back in the 20s and in the in that era, this was the, just the coolest thing to have. Was they called it pink wine back mm-hmm. then, and we're starting to call it pink wine again. But <laughs> bubbles in general, as you say, the most festive approach to wine I can possibly think of. It's the most fun. It's one of the most delicious. It goes with everything or absolutely nothing, and that's <laughs> that's why we pour it for brunch. I mean, what else are you going to pour with eggs? You know what I mean? It's got to be mm-hmm. sparkling wine. Yeah, it's the perfect pairing. I agree, and it's a phenomenal food pairing when you don't want to have to try too hard. And there's something beautiful, I think, about rosé bubbles today. And that is, it's no longer just refreshing or light or summery wine. There are some really beautiful, complex, rich, sparkling rosés that, like you said, the pink wine, the color comes from the grape skin, but they're getting a little bit more complex. I mean, you always get some raspberry, right? But touches of marzipan, some spices, the profile itself, I think, is elevating. Oh, gosh, yes. And uh, especially from higher quality houses where you're going to pay certainly more for the wines. Like, let's say in the region of Champagne. Let's talk about some rosé champagne. Of course, there's Cava, there's Francia Corta, there's the different sparkling wines from different countries. But 
one of the most prestigious is absolutely going to be in Champagne. And we are talking about this pink wine coming from Pinot Noir, which mm-hmm. is one of my absolutely most seductive, pretty, if you want to use the word voluptuous, I'm there for it, but certainly <laughs> romantic and elegant grapes on yes. the planet is Pinot Noir. When you're making a beautifully light, lilting, uh, sparkling wine from Pinot Noir, but it also has that toastiness and brioche and, like you say, some nuttiness mm-hmm. and other flavors, almost grilled nut and grilled bread flavors mm-hmm. along with mm-hmm. those cherry, berry, Raspberry, raspberry, strawberry no, flavors. Right. Oh, my gosh. Lana, wait. MJ <laughs> said brioche. Oh, I, I heard him. <laughs> but, Michael, you know, I, I like... brioche. Toasted brioche. Toasted brioche. Of course. Of course. I like little bubbles. Yeah. Tiny right. bubbles. Tiny so, bubbles. So we want method champenoise. We want the truly oh. traditional method of doing the second fermentation in the bottle and creating those tiny little bubbles. You know, Don O's song is, <laughs> is resonating as yes. we talk. Love but that. You know, those little tiny bubbles were created in the bottle by this process. Uh, It's not something you can achieve by carbonating a wine and bottling it as a sparkling wine. It has to go through... The process itself, right. But but unbeknownst to many, and and onophiles alike, it doesn't have to be champagne, the region itself, that produces tiny bubbles because cava is produced in the method champenoise, right? Thank you to the Spanish. You know, all regions of the world can produce sparkling wines using that method. And if it's not coming from champagne, then we call it the method traditional or the traditional method, out of respect to the champenoise. But there's another method called the... Couve close method, Charmat method, where you can make a lot more wine and still get nice tiny little bubbles. Ooh. It is a lot more work, but it's not nearly as expensive or costly as doing the, the Champenoise or the traditional method. And that's why we get really delicious sparkling wines from French Corta or let's say Prosecco or Cava for very low prices. They're okay, still good so- with small bubbles but very reasonably priced. In the Italian style. What else should we look for? You always have an Italian wine pick. We know you're serving something deliciously Italian at your Valentine's Day because we know you and love you for it. So what's the best red wine grape for Valentine's Day sips? I have to go against tradition because Chianti certainly one of the most romantic wines on the entire planet. I mean, we all saw Lady and the Tramp, right? I mean, i got to go with that, but I have discovered a grape over the last few years through good friends of mine turning me on to some really delicious wines blind, like pouring me the wine and telling me, tell us what this is. Well, I didn't have a clue what it was, and it's somewhere between a Pinot Noir and a Merlot, or like a beautiful Gamay with uh, Mm. aromatics and Syrah. So how is that? A wine that's somewhere like a cross between that beautiful Gamay and Syrah is called Le Grind. Le Grind from the north of Italy from the, around the Veneto region. It's a red grape. This wine has a beautiful, fresh acidity. It's very velvety and almost like satiny texture on the mouth and the palate. Mm. But red fruit flavors, it goes with so many things, and it's not expensive. Legrine, G-R-I-N-E? Yeah. Legrine. Okay, anything that coats your mouth with velvet wallpaper, I'm in. L-A-G-R-E-I-N. L-E-G-R-E-I-N, Legrine. Thank you. And i got to say... You know, it's not so common. It's a little obscure. But, folks, once you discover it, if you like these style of wines, mm-hmm. you'll fall in love with them. Okay, wait, you heard it here first. 
I love it. As soon as this interview's over, I'm running out to the wine store. <laughs> I mean, literally. Um, speaking of that, we have a tremendous wine lovers who listen to this show and anticipate your monthly commentary. And we received some terrific questions. I thought one of which was very much appropriate to kicking off our wine conversation in the new year. It came from Steve... MJ, and he's asking, Michael, can you please tell me if you taste the difference in organic or biodynamic wines? I heard you speak about them with Jamie and Lana, so I bought a bottle, but I just don't taste it. It's such a great question, Steve, because this is really so much of the future of the wine industry, and I too would love to know. Michael, can you taste the difference? You know, I have to tell you this is the coolest question. Sometimes, no. Sometimes, no, and I hate to burst this balloon that I've been blowing up all this time, but let me qualify that. You know, we used to think there were levels of good, better, best, so to speak, in the world of organics, where, like, sustainable is good, organic is better, but biodynamic, ooh, that's best. It's not necessarily so. We need one of the three of those things to exist, but organically grown grapes and biodynamically grown grapes kind of live in a house called sustainability. So, you know, whereas I was thinking one is better than the other and they're all like three different, the the sustainable world is where we really need to be going to and organic is a little piece of that or biodynamic could be a little like a different one of the 31 flavors of sustainability. There's organic farming and there's biodynamic farming, but there's also sustainable farming, which is in the long run possibly going to perpetuate the land for further generations longer than either of the other two. So can you taste the difference? I cannot tell you you can taste the difference between a biodynamic wine, an organic wine, or a sustainable wine, but I bet you dollars to donuts that the wines are just simply better from any one of those three than from a non-organic, non-sustainable, or non-biodynamic site. And from an eco-friendly standpoint, that's definitely an encouragement for those who are producing the wine to better the ecosystem. And I, I think that's the difference mm-hmm. that it makes, and that's why By we far. see so much more of it. Well, mm-hmm. and to add to that, when you're buying wines from somebody that is living a sustainable life and doing a sustainable business in that way, whether they're growing their grapes 100% organically or biodynamically or not, when you have any of those three concepts at work, you're buying wines from somebody that's really just so involved and mm-hmm. caring to such a deep level. Mm, yeah. Of course they're going to make a better wine, and mm-hmm. it's probably mm-hmm. going to taste better. Impassioned mm. wine, for sure. Yes. Lana? Well, I didn't email my question, but I have a question for Michael. <laughs> <laughs> and, <laughs> you don't have, you're the exception to the rule. Oh, you don't have okay. to email your question. Okay. Michael, what can we expect from wine in 2014? That's a great what, question. What that, trends will reach our tables? Fabulous. Wow, That's going to close that. this conversation, mm-hmm. Michael, so you have the last word. You know what I don't foresee are any really earth-shattering trends, but building upon the things that we are planting towards in the last two years, What we know for sure, in 2014, we are going to be starting to enjoy the releases of some of the greatest vintages of our time, some of the greatest vintages of the last 50 years, 2012, 2013, after two very tough years, certainly in California of 10 and 11, 12 and 13. Oh, my gosh, uh, abundant supply and incredibly high quality. So we know we've got great wines 
of all types in the pipeline waiting for us. So the wines are going to get better and better. We know that for sure. But also we're focusing on some of the great varietals that have really struck a chord with us, mm. like, let's say, Malbec or, you know, uh, Riesling is starting to gain finally a little bit of recognition, although you can't give it away in a lot of places, which is sad. But in addition to that, there are these crazy good blends. And if you would ask me anything as far as a trend, if, as far as the word trend, are these blends, blends of white grapes, blends of red grapes that are non-traditional, like blending things like, let's say, Zinfandel, Syrah, Malbec or Merlot all together, or uh, putting Syrah or Petit Bordeaux or something. It's just different grapes, not just in a Bordeaux blend, but blending them with Zinfandel or blending them with Petit Syrah like, or Tempranillo, creative blends. Where, why are we blending? We're blending for flavor. And, that, and that's what we're all about. And one of the yeah. conversations that I have with Craig so often is all about flavor and texture in wine and how it relates to the ongoing conversation I'm always having about flavor and texture in food. It is, I think, an, a, an ongoing and very elevated conversation that we intend to keep going with you uh, when it comes to the wine conversation here and in your radio. So promise us when we have you back next month, this conversation will continue. Um, I would love if we could talk about some of those varietals that you just alluded to, Michael, because that's the way that we can kick off 2014 by continuing to elevate our wine knowledge. I would just love that. Okay. I would love that. And thank you. And you know what? I got to say this before we go because it's my mantra. Share mm -hmm. your wine with others because it makes it so much more delicious. Yes, that it does. And, and we will follow suit. Thank you for always setting a good example. Obscure wine varietals you might have never heard of next month, March, right here in your radio with the sommelier for the people, Michael Jordan. And of course, his Valentine's Day wine picks. I will post them at chefjamie.com. We thank you as always for sharing your passion and we can't wait to talk to you again soon happy valentine's day michael happy valentine's day <laughs> chef jamie and everybody out there there's more delicious conversation juicy wine knowledge oh and so much more just after the break please don't touch your dial we'll be right back it's the time of the season for love we have a taste for life and we're sure to spice yours up so stay tuned Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana in your radio. The cuisine of executive chef Michael Rossi at the Ranch Restaurant and Saloon in Anaheim, California celebrates the seasonal marketplace and it's his glorious food that embraces the bounty of each season. It's his dynamic levels and depth of flavor and the beautiful wine pairings where he features only the freshest meats, the most beautiful fruits and vegetables and ingredients that are always at the peak of the season. We are great fans of the Ranch Restaurant and Saloon, the highly acclaimed restaurant in Anaheim, California, and delighted to call this gentleman our friend. He is Chef Michael Rossi, and he joins us once again in your radio to provide some delicious inspiration pre-Valentine's Day, of course, and we're very glad to have you. Welcome back, Michael. Thank you very much, Jamie. Happy yes. to be on. Well, Lana and I are glad to have you here. Okay, this is what I thought we would do as far as dishing for this conversation, Michael, because we do like to say we have the best culinary thinkers on this show, and we definitely put you in that boat. So here goes. I was considering that we would take five, you and I. It'll Got take it. a little longer than five, but we want to talk about what's fresh, and we thought you would inspire us. So I 
sat down and, in fact, with Lana, chose five of the most seasonally available ingredients right now that we think are delicious. And we hope you'd cook for us. Got it. Okay. Kick us off, if you would, with Dungeness Crab. On your Valentine's Day menu upcoming, you're highlighting Dungeness Crab in a cannelloni. And then, I mean, we we love anything crab. We're going to make a spinach dough, like so green pasta. And then we're going to make a beautiful Dungeness Crab filling. And we're going to take artichokes and we're going to braise them kind of Roman style with a little bit of garlic and chili Mm. flake. Mm. Uh, and some parsley, and then we're going to grind them through the meat grinder so it makes it like chunky mm. pieces that we're going to fold into the cheeses. Oh. So you get that mouthfeel still. Oh. Texture and flavor and that right. creamy, And then just build on that with, with some lemon zest and some cayenne just to kind of balance mm. it all out. And then we're going to roll them in these tubes, right. the cannelloni. Uh, and then we're going to spread some crescenza cheese on top of it, and we're going to bake it. Oh, you made me want to have Dungeness Crab Cannelloni at your restaurant right now. Take us to Beets as we cover the top five seasonally. Your best inspiration for Beets for the winter. We have a beautiful beet salad that we put on our menu um, that is almost impossible ever to take off. <laughs> you know, we, we, we it's with curacara oranges and watercress and some Lola Rosa, and then we put in manchego and marcona almonds yeah it's a glorious combination i can tell you firsthand (laughs) so you know i mean i I use it in in ragus with fish i mean we just did some beautiful beets um for the new year's that we we made beet gnocchi Mm. so we took scarlet beets and we cooked them we roasted them and then we folded them in the potato we grinded down and we folded them in the potato and then we made a beautiful red beet gnocchi See, I love the idea it's of pureeing. So Valentine's Day. It is very <laughs> Valentine's. And what type of sauce did you put with that, Chef? Cauliflower. Oh. Oh my God. What do you think about fabulous figs? Because I am a fig lover, fresh or dried. But any fresh yeah. opportunity, you two. I like to put like an herbed goat cheese. Or yeah. if you want to cheat and use um, the shortcut of borsan, and then wrap the, I cut the fig in halves, stuff it with the herb cheese, wrap a yeah. piece of prosciutto around and fire up the grill no matter how hot or cold it is, or put a grill yeah. pan on the stove. And I think that's the ultimate cocktail pairing. You know, it is, because you could put anything with it. Whether Salty, it's cheese, sweet, or creamy, yes. Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, figs are wonderful. What do you like to do? What's your best recipe? Figs, drier or, or fresh? Well, fresh right now because we're starting to see the brown turkeys come into play. Yeah. Fresh, I, I like to just keep them simple. Mm-hmm. I like to do sometimes like a fig jam. Yes. And there's a beautiful pairing. It's Kalamata olive and fig. Oh. The beautiful brininess of the olive paired with the sweetness of the fig is a great marriage. Oh, that's And you salty, can put that with burrata. Oh. How about tangerines, Chef? Because we're seeing tangerines. a lot of them from Melissa's, our produce partner. Yeah, absolutely. And there's, there's so many varieties. And I happen right. to love that the bricks level, the sweetness is so high consistently the last few years that I think that right. they are extremely versatile, whether you juice them, whether you segment them. What's your uh, best idea? I like to make certain sauces with them, vinaigrettes. Well, for Valentine's Day, we're going to make a gazpacho with the tangerine juice. Wow. And it's a, kind of a play. We, we make kind of a spicy gazpacho using some spicy vinegar blended with a, the, the juice. 
and then we're going to serve it with some Nanteca Bay scallops oh. and a nice salad with hearts of palm and avocado <laughs> and some blood orange. I knew you'd put avocado in. You just took five. Thank you. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the number five. <laughs> I, I love the idea. My favorite thing in the entire world. I'm the most guilty. My most guilty pleasure is avocado. Really? Yeah, I, I can eat avocado every day of my life if I if I had. Uh, me to. too. You too. Uh, yes. yes. I love the texture. I think you are an extraordinary talent, and there are many across this country who agree. It is your extraordinarily creative, rustic American cuisine that has made the ranch restaurant and saloon in Anaheim, California, a Zagat top-rated restaurant across the country and a top-rated America's top restaurant from Gallo as well. And of course, every holiday you celebrate in great style. The Valentine's Day menu is not to be missed at the ranch restaurant and saloon. Make sure that you stop by and see Chef Michael Rossi and learn how the ingredients of the season can so gorgeously come together. We thank you for sharing delicious inspiration as always. And Oh, I um, love talking food with you for yeah, sure. Uh, we love it too. And you know, I have have wonderful memories of, of your restaurant and my love affair. And so, oh, <laughs> yes. Happy to be a part of that. Well, thank you. We hope that you'll come back soon and a very happy Valentine's Day to you and your wife, of course. Thank you very much. Yes. And you, you as well. And thank you. you as well. Thank you. He is Executive Chef Michael Rossi, and you can learn more at theranch.com. And he is a great talent, and we're always glad to have him. We hope that this hour inspired you to set your culinary sights higher. We received lots of wonderful emails during the show, in fact, many of which were all about tempering. Lana, because you mentioned chocolate-dipped strawberries. Mm -hmm. Everyone wants to know, how do you temper your chocolate? I temper it in the microwave. Yeah, I think it's actually the smartest way. I have to agree, because you can do it over a double boiler, but you run the risk of moisture, which is the nemesis of chocolate. You never want, it's like chocolate kryptonite, they call it, right? The thing you never want to get close to your chocolate. You want chocolate that's smooth and shiny when you melt it and then by tempering it chop it up into small pieces put three quarters of the chocolate that you're melting into the microwave at 20 to 30 seconds at a time and then once it's all smooth and melted add the remaining quarter of chopped chocolate and it will bring the temperature down and therefore cause the chocolate to set or harden after you dip your strawberries or your pretzels right mm-hmm. you do it just the same a candy yes, thermometer exactly very important, in fact. So if you'd like tempering tricks and tips and instruction, we'll email you too. Live at chefjamie.com is how you get to us. And stay tuned because next Sunday brings more delicious conversation. Ellie Krieger, the Cooking Channel star. Tony Abu Ghanem, of course, with more vodka conversation, our resident mixologist. And we're eating in color too. We'll talk about lots of fabulous flavor. We are off to Zove's in Tustin, our dear... Mediterranean chef friend today to meet Carla Hall from The Chew, and she'll be joining us I coming up. I think there's up. some tickets might, there that might be left yes, for Zoves, her cooking demo and lunch. Zoves.com for more information. And then, uh, of course, always serving up seconds at chefjamie.com. We thank you for listening, and we'll see you next Sunday right here in your radio. Chef Jamie Gwen along with Lana signing off. We hope you continue to eat well. Happy Valentine's Day. The preceding program has been brought to you by Taste Bud Entertainment.